Welcome to Giant Cocktails Happy Hour, a podcast where two amateur mixologists introduce homemade cocktails and discuss what makes each one a giant hit. Now, here are your hosts, Finn and Matthew Henry. Welcome to Giant Cocktails Happy Hour, the podcast where we take our drinks seriously, but never ourselves. I'm Matthew Henry, and I'm joined today by my partner in podcasting and my partner in crime, my brother Ben. How's life treating you, Ben? Wow, Matthew. Uh, first of all, I take myself a little bit seriously. Um, no, you don't. I No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't at all. Don't. It's like ChatGPT knew who you were talking about when you asked it to write this new intro. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I didn't even give it any details and it just, yeah, it just knew. Yeah. I, I, I'm sure that you and I have teamed up to do a lot of things. I don't remember any of those ever being crimes. No. I was thinking about I, there's crimes that you and I have both committed for the same but not together. Same, I don't think we've ever committed. Yeah, we committed the same crime for the same organization, but we didn't do it together. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Have, yeah, side story. I'm gonna have to think about that one. <laughs> we'll ask you off air what, uh, what what that one was. Yeah, you probably don't want to. Uh, no, you've never. We've never committed any crimes ever. No, never, ever. Yeah, and now that uh, jaywalking's legal, I never commit crimes. Yeah. Well. The one thing um, that I think you know, remember you learned in traffic school is never admit to the crime, right? So, I, that is the first thing. Yeah, yeah. When, when yeah, that do is. Do you know why I pulled you over today? That's right. No, no, I do not no, know. I, you don't. You you because you don't know. You don't know. You have. You can make a very strong, educated guess because you're the one that rolled through that red light, so rolled through that stop sign, or ran that red light. Because come on, or was doing eighty and a sixty-five, right? Come on, yeah. come on, folks. You know you did it. But you don't have to admit it, and you don't actually know that that's what that police officer saw you do. So you don't know why he or she pulled you over, why he, she, they pulled you over. And so, you know, just like, no, I don't. I don't. That's right. And I did learn learn that in traffic school. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the great part about going to a comedy uh, traffic school. That's right. That's right. This was a long time ago, folks, by the way. This was a long time ago. They don't do that anymore, probably, right? Now it's just online. You take your uh, your, Uh, your traffic school. They do driver's education improv. Yeah. The improv brand still does driver's ed. So anyway. But hey. All right. Maybe we should talk about cocktails. Well, we don't usually talk about cocktails at first, because first I've got a question for oh, you that doesn't right. have anything to do with breaking the law. That's right. That's right. Um, although I guess you could break the law with one of these superpowers. But anyway, 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 I digress. Here, here, here <laughs> is the question that I have for you today. Sure. Would you rather be able to read minds or be invisible? And how would being drunk complicate that superpower? Oh, my goodness. Okay, look, I don't think I want to read other people's minds. Like this Mm-mm. is I, I I you know, I just assume that people are are thinking horrible things about me. I think that we probably like we all kind of do that to a certain extent, right? When it turns out most people aren't thinking about you at all, they're thinking about how other people are probably thinking horrible things about them. Uh, and that's what we're all thinking. But but I would never want to like read somebody's mind and find out A, they're not thinking about me at all, which is the most likely thing. Or B, they are thinking something bad about me. Or C, you know, I would find out that they're a horrible, awful person, um, 
uh, and uh, and I would I don't want to, to know them. So that sounds like just a power I would not want to have. But then that means I'd have to choose being invisible. And I feel like if I chose being invisible, people would just be like, Ben's a perv. <laughs> because I feel like, like, what are you doing if you're invisible unless it's like something illegal or pervy? Or both. Yeah. Um, you know? So, so, but... Hmm. That's a good question. You see, when I came up with this uh, question, I didn't, I didn't really think about the possible answers. I, I did recognize that both are probably kind of a cursed superpower. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like I, I'm with you. I certainly want to, wouldn't want to be able to read minds. I think uh, that would be a huge burden, and I would just be disappointed in humanity. Yeah, I think. Yeah, like if I could choose either, like if I could turn either one of these on and off, then I would just choose either one, and I would just never turn it on. Mm. Um, you know, except maybe in like in key moments, like, you know, um, you know, I got to take the dog outside and I'm not wearing like attire that is appropriate for out going outside. Right. I'm like in my pajamas or something. I could just turn invisible, strip down naked, and then I could walk the dog outside naked and everybody else would just see a dog, you know, on a leash, just walking itself. <laughs> <laughs> and and I would be outside naked. So, I mean, I guess there's something, you know, or if I wanted to go shopping or something, because I'm assuming my clothes wouldn't turn turn invisible too, I guess. Would my clothes turn invisible, Matthew? Well, see, why do you got to make things more complicated than they already are? Because uh, I'm a, cause I'm a yes, nerd. your clothes would turn, anything that's touching you or on you would be invisible. All right. Let's just say All that. right, all right, cool, cool, Cause, cool. Because I don't want to see you naked whether you're invisible or not. Right, like, I just, right. I don't even want, well, and then I don't I couldn't, want that Well, I couldn't go anywhere cold. And then that you know begs the question of like you know would I get sunburned? I guess I wouldn't because lights bending around me, so it wouldn't be hitting me. I'd have to live in a tropical climate. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but you said I would have the other clothing. Um, this is a complicated question, Matthew. And and I I I think I think uh, like all things being drunk would make it simpler. Oh, okay. Yeah, because if I was drunk, I, I just wouldn't care. I would just like I, read people. I think if I was drunk, like, and I could read somebody's mind, I I would answer back. Yeah, out loud. Like, if they would. Out loud. And uh, that could be problematic. <laughs> I think that would be... Because the things that I would answer back probably wouldn't be um, appropriate. So, uh, so yeah, I think... And then, you know, the the ability to be invisible, whether, you know, nefarious or or pervy, you could, like, scare the crap out of somebody. You could, like, you could, like, like, like pretend their house is haunted. Like, you could do things that, like, someone that was really bugging you, you could just make them pay. You could make them just end up in a corner crying to themselves. And I think if I was drunk, that's probably something that I, I would do. Right. So, so either way, I think those are probably bad, bad things to be drunk and have those superpowers. Yeah. So folks, if you have superpowers, drink responsibly. <laughs> that's right. right. <laughs> drink responsibly no matter what, but especially if you have superpowers. Yeah. Yeah. So for you X-Men right. out Can there. Can you imagine like yeah, like any of the the Marvel guys drunk? I mean, that would be kind of. I know, think that they, could that could get. Uh, I think they get do, drunk. Do they? I, I don't watch enough of the movies to really see. I haven't noticed any, but maybe they do. I, I don't. Know. I think some of them have gotten intoxicated. Yes. Yeah, Hulk. You know, drunk. You know, that would be. Um, that would be a bad he'd idea. Be a, maybe he'd be a a sappy, sad drunk though, and then he would just be like all crying while he's angry. I think that's Thor <laughs> in the current iterations. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I stopped I stopped watching after Thanos like after Thanos's brilliant plan went awry. You know. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, we, Okay, so before we get into our cocktails though, we usually do a tip of the day. And our tip of the day today 
I'm just going to keep doing it that way. Tip of the day. <laughs> I thought I thought for a second. What time has it been? It's tip of the day time. Tip of the day. Tip of the day. Uh, stop saying Kind of channeling my friend Bob, but also getting a little like radio kind of voice in there. <laughs> oh, man, he's lost it. He had to mute his microphone. He's laughing so hard. All right. Let's just All do right. tip of the day. Okay. Tip of the day is uh, one thing that I was look- thinking about is that, uh, you know, there are a lot of spirits and liqueurs when you're looking at recipes and things for your home, you know, which, which cocktail you want to make. And uh, it can be a, a little problematic to know what each of the liqueurs or spirits taste like if you don't have them or have not had any experience with them. And it, it came to me when I was at my uh, one of my favorite bar that, you know, the bartenders know who I am. Uh, oftentimes they all mention, hey, I've never tried that or whatever. And they'll pour me like a little bit, you know, just in a little shot glass. They'll give me just a little bit to kind of smell and taste. And it's really helpful to really understand what the liqueur or the spirit tastes like so I can decide whether I want to invest in that in my home bar. And so that is the tip of the day is to you know, befriend uh, a local bartenders you know, at your local watering hole. Go during a time where it's not busy. Because when it's busy, they don't really have the time to kind of do that sort of stuff. But when when it's slow and you get a little rapport going and talk about your interest in cocktails, then they're interested and they want to help you. And and uh, and so that is a great way to learn what you like before buying. So that is my tip of the day. Befriend some local bartenders at your local bar and go during a uh, slow time and ask them if you can taste a couple things. And not all at once. Like, you know, every time, maybe just once. You know, don't take advantage of it. And, and, and tip well. <laughs> uh, because, you know, they are doing you a favor. So uh, that is my tip of the day. Would you like to add anything to that, Ben? So your tip of the day is tip well? Tip of the tip uh, well for free shots? Yes. Okay. Yes, you should always tip well. Yeah. I, because, I, I mean, those guys work hard. I would say, yeah, you definitely want to do this during a slow period of time, right? Like, and, and, and talk up the bartender as well, right? Don't just be like, walk in, sit down and be like, I need a free shot, please. You know? Uh, <laughs> yes. So yeah, go in when it's slow. Like, I like to go in at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday. Uh, and um, help them set up the bar, <laughs> right. pull out the bar stools. Well, well, by now, by now, they just like I have a key and I just let myself in, and they're like, "Oh, hey, Ben, it's good to see you here." And uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks, um, thanks for setting up. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, like you know, and and obviously, since they have given me a key and I show up at ten a.m. on Tuesdays to help set up, I've obviously spent some time building a relationship. And uh, yeah, this goes a long way. You know, I mean, this works at Starbucks too. Yeah, the other thing I found that really works, folks, is like learn their name. You know. Yep. And oftentimes, you know, maybe not at every, not at bars, but, you know, at the time at Starbucks or thing, they have like a little name tag that has their name on it, you know, you know, but sometimes mm-hmm. those aren't real. So what you really have to do is figure out what their actual name is. But yeah, get, figure out the name of the bartender, call them by name, uh, you know, remember what you spoke about the last time and then and then bring that up during the conversation, you know. Uh, do, yeah. do the normal yeah. things that you would do as a charismatic human being to make friends. Um, yeah. And, uh, and then start asking for freebies. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I don't ask for a shot to be clear. No. It's just a little old taste. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. was, so they're not giving me shots. That was stuff, my but, interpretation. Uh... Sure. 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 No, but I will agree. That is an excellent way to learn is to talk to the experts. Um, and, and, yeah. and the best way to do that is show that you're genuinely interested in their expertise. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, 
I think we're going to get into our cocktails. Uh, I think it's my turn to go first today. So I am going to introduce you to the Fernet Sour. And, you know, the Fernet, uh, Fernet Sour is um, a cocktail that came to me because of my love for the San Francisco Giants and my love for a player who I affectionately call Rule 5 Draftee Blake Sable, uh, who is a current member of the Giants, but could be gone at any moment. Let's acknowledge this. And uh, But he hit his first major league home run uh, this last week. And there's a tradition in, in Major League Baseball when you hit your first Major League home run is that basically they gang up on you in the shower. Not that way. Wait, what? Not that way. No, not that way. You know, it, they they basically take anything that they can think of and they pour it over your head. And uh, whether it's beverages or shaving cream, mouthwash, you name it, they just pour it on you. And then thankfully they do it in the shower so you can just wash it off. But it is kind of a tradition, at least that they do on the Giants that we've learned over over time. And reading uh, an article in a, in, a, in, in a website called The Athletic, uh, the, one of the beat writers described the, the, what they dumped on, on Blake Sable. The, he, he explained it as V8, beer, shaving cream, and mouthwash, and then described the combined flavor profile as basically Fernet Bronco. <laughs> and, Agreed. And I... And and see Ben and I have differing uh, thoughts on Fernet Branca and how it tastes. Uh, it's actually uh, a very hip and in vogue liqueur right now. Uh, bartenders especially really like it. They um, it's uh, from what I understand a lot of bartenders will drink it straight. You know they'll do shots of Fernet. Uh, but Fernet is uh, I don't know. It's it's a a, An a very strong. Taste. Yeah, okay. Uh, it, it, let me let me. It's a liqueur that's made from 27 herbs and spices, uh, including myrrh, chamomile, saffron, aloe, and rhubarb, which are infused in alcohol and then aged in oak barrels for at least a year. And it has a strong bitter taste uh, with notes of mint, anise, and eucalyptus. Mm, right, right. Sounds tasty I, to me. Yeah, mouthwash. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's a, it's typically served as a digestif. You know, something maybe after your meal. Uh, oftentimes it's mixed with like soda or something like that to kind of cut the taste a little bit. Uh, but it is very popular right now. And, uh, so when he described this Fernet Branca taste of, of shaving cream and V8 and beer and mouthwash, I thought, well, I've got to, I've got to celebrate this with a Fernet Sour. So what is in a Fernet Sour besides Fernet Branca? And V8. <laughs> yeah, no, no V8. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'll just stop. I'll stop. Is I'll, stop. That... I'll stop. Okay, thank you. Thank you. So the 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 Fernet Sour has one ounce of Fernet Branca, one ounce of green chartreuse, which I'll also talk about in a second, one ounce of lime juice, and one ounce of simple syrup. Uh, so equal parts, uh, Fernet, chartreuse, lime juice, and simple syrup. You combine all those in a cocktail shaker with ice and shake. Uh, and for about 15 seconds, you want it, you want this one to be a little bit more diluted and chilled. And then you strain, double strain it into a coupe's glass and add a lime wheel as garnish. And it is a very um, herbal sour uh, is the best way I can describe it. 
And and the and the they kind of this cocktail not only has the fernet which we've you know described it kind of doubles down on this whole like uh, idea of herbalness uh, with also equal amounts of chartreuse. And chartreuse is a green liqueur. Actually, it comes in, in two. It comes in, in green and yellow. I am using green chartreuse today. Uh, the problem with using this right now is that there's actually a worldwide shortage of chartreuse. And the reason that there's a shortage is that it's made by uh, monks uh, in... Um, I don't know, somewhere. I don't even know where they're at. But they're, 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 it's made by monks, and it's a closely guarded recipe that they make. And they have decided that they do not care about our craft cocktail obsessions and that they are not going to make um, any more chartreuse than what they need to be able to sustain themselves. And so right now, it's a really hot liqueur, and people are really eager to try it, uh, including other cocktails, like one's called The Last Word, and uh, there's also one called The Bijou, which are very popular. And uh, but it, it's it's really hard to find right now. So you may not have uh, access to chartreuse, but if you do, this is a great way of using it that uh, doesn't include uh, those cocktails I just mentioned. So uh, it is uh, it is one of those also that's very sweet but very herbally. It's got and whereas the other one had like twenty seven herbs and spices, this one has like a hundred and thirty apparently. Uh, and uh, like I said, a closely guarded secret. And uh, and it's quite tasty. I actually really do enjoy chartreuse. Uh, and the green the green chartreuse is a stronger uh, proof than the yellow chartreuse. Um, so that's why I'm using it. Although I will say both of these, uh, both the Fernet and the chartreuse are lower alcohol or um, ABV than a typical spirit. Uh, so this cocktail uh, overall is a lower uh, ABV than, than a traditional cocktail. So you won't feel the effects as much as maybe if you had a traditional like bourbon sour or something like that. So that is what I'm drinking today. Here is to Blake Sable and his first career home run. Cheers. Cheers. Um, I mean, that actually sounds like a really nice recipe. Uh, I, and I must admit it has been a while since I've had Fernet. Um, and, uh, you know, my original impression of it wasn't so high. Um, but, I mean, you are pairing it with with an ounce of simple syrup, an ounce of green chartreuse, uh, and then an ounce of lime juice. So that is a lot of a dilution of that very, very strong um, uh, liqueur. So, um, so perhaps I would find that palatable. Um, but, you know, perhaps I wouldn't. So I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I commend you for, um, I commend you for for being brave enough to acquire the taste of Fernet Matthew. And and yes, it is chez chic right now. Um, the the one thing that I have been missing is the is the green chartreuse. It is um, very difficult to find. Uh, and I just quickly did some research, and apparently that's by design. Like they they intentionally pulled back on on how much of this they were they were making. Um, these these yeah, because they wanted to they wanted to focus more on their god stuff. Yeah, you know? and right. and you know so because they are monks, you know it's kind of their first job. Yeah, evil and, evil monks, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, well, not evil. What? They're not evil. They're 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 god loving people, and. You know, wonderful for them, but they, you know, a little disappointing that they're not willing to help us out by kicking <laughs> up the making up the more liquor, liquor for us, uh, for <laughs> for us heathens. Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, well, you know, I mean, hmm. it's their prerogative, I guess. 
I guess. Uh, but I will say this. If you can get your hands on a green chartreuse, it's wonderful for green cocktails. Uh, you know, so maybe you stock up um, when you can find it in the summer and then hold on to it until March of the next year. And then you'll be able to make your green cocktails for for St. Patrick's Day. Um, yes. Uh, yeah. Much better uh, use of it than the Midori. Yeah. Uh, I, I yeah. Think, uh, no, for sure. For yeah. sure. Chartreuse is a, a much, much nicer liqueur. Um, and I, I'm a big fan of that one. I, I do have some yellow chartreuse in, in my bar right now. Um, yeah. So very nice cocktail. Well, uh, I guess it's my turn. It is. What are you drinking? I am drinking, Matthew, the Vesper Martini. And Vesper, the Vesper. Does that mean you like drive around on a uh, on a little scooter? Oh no, that's Vespa. That's Vespa. Forgive that's me. Vespa. I'm sorry. That's Vespa. Uh, the na- the yeah. name behind this look, the behind this cocktail does have an interesting history. Um, but but first, I want to talk about like how I how I came to just deciding to to bring it today. Um, yeah. Is that well, you know, uh, for a long time there, I was making a lot of tiki cocktails, and I have been trying to uh, since I have gotten off of that run. I've been trying to make. Cocktails with all of the 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 other big spirits, uh, and this you know, um, I already did a gin cocktail a couple weeks ago, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do for vodka. And you and I had been talking about martinis recently, and we talked about how maybe vermouth isn't our favorite cocktail. And so I was looking through martini and martini inspired cocktails, and I came across uh, the Vesper. Uh, martini, which is actually made with uh, not vermouth. It is made with uh, a product called Lilit Blanc, um, although that is not the original uh, ingredient uh, that, that the recipe used, that called for. But um, uh, so basically uh, what it, what is in a Vesper martini? Well, the way I'm making it today is it is an ounce and a half of, of dry gin, um, I must confess, I'm doing Venus gin, so maybe not the driest gin in the world, but it's an ounce and a half of gin, uh, three quarters an ounce of vodka, uh, half an ounce of Lilit Blanc, and then you combine all of that into a stirring vessel, uh, a mixing glass. You stir that with ice, stir, not shake. Uh, and again, that's because we don't want it to be super diluted, right? Because we don't have any heavy... Um, we don't have any heavy ingredients here. There's no simple syrup. There's no super syrupy liqueurs. Um, there's no citrus. So uh, we want to keep the dilution levels low, but we still do want to chill it a little bit. We still want a little bit of dilution in there. Uh, so we stir it, and then we strain that, and we serve it into a coupe, or in my case, a Nick and Nora glass. Uh, you take a lemon twist, and you express that over the glass, and then you hang the twist on the rim of the glass. And I'm going to tell you, Matthew, it's supposed to be like, the twist is literally like supposed to be one of these long twists, right? We, we don't talk about garnishes a lot on the show, or at least we haven't. But, you know, there's different kinds of twists, right? Like there's the yeah, big yeah. fatties that are like the easiest one to take off with like a vegetable peeler, right? And then yep. that's actually really easy to express because you kind of like fold it inside out. Right with the, yep. the you know you just kind of bend it in and half then, and it yeah, squirts, squirts out, out all the oils, the oils yeah. on that. That doesn't really hang on the rim very well, though, right? No. And so, no. so in this particular case, you're supposed to create one of those curly Q ones, and so you got to get like one of those special tools, or I guess yeah. I guess some like amazing people can just do this with a knife, but that seems like a good way to cut your fingers off. 
Yeah, no, get the tool. Yeah, so you, yeah. I got one of those special tools, and and I and I this is I, I'm going to confess to you, it looks really good in the photograph. Right now, it's kind of like undone itself, but um, but this was like my fourth attempt. And well, and also, like, how do you express oils from something so thin? You don't, like, you don't. So, what I did is I actually kind of peeled it over, right? Because I noticed the first time I was trying to do this, it was squirting out a lot of the oil anyway. And so, I just did it over the oil. So, so I kind of did it a curve, I did it tightly around the top of the lemon, right? And it was a smaller lemon, mm-hmm. and so it was already kind of a circle. And I just tried to get it as so you went like in a corkscrew pattern around the uh, yeah, or the not lemon. even a corkscrew, really just a circle kind of, but but yeah. And then once you get that, you just keep twisting it the direction it naturally wants to twist, and it will eventually create a little corkscrew. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, like a little pig's tail, yeah, kind of and thing then right and there, then yeah. and then that will hang on there, and you can get a couple nice photographs before it gives itself up. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, and it current, it, it creates a very clear, um, cocktail. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of beautiful, right? Um, it is. It's this very like, like, like opalescent type drink. And the, and the, and all of that chill was just off of stirring, right? Just off of stirring the ice in the, in the ice mixing. Uh, cause I do have a nice frosty glass. Um, I did not use a frosted glass from my, my cocktail glass refrigerator because I don't have one of those. Um, but. Uh, anyway, so where does the Vesper come from? The Vesper is actually a cocktail that was made by a friend of Ian Fleming, he of the James Bond novels, and oh. uh, and apparently he created a. No- I'm not really big on the Ian Fleming and the and the James Bond books, but apparently there were a number of cocktails that that he made famous. The vodka martini being the most obvious one, but also the mojito. Um, was was something that he helped popularize. Um, this one didn't become popular, I guess, because of the ingredients and uh, and that the one ingredient was not very easy to get, which was something called Kina Lilit. Um, and it was made by um, uh, the Lilit brothers originally, uh, but the but Kina Lilit was made with uh, quinine. which is the um, the substance that's popular in a tonic. Right. So when you're making a gin and tonic, oh, right. yeah, it's tonic what water. gives tonic yeah. water mm-hmm. that flavor. Um, uh, the quinine used to be a pretty heavy ingredient in in this um, liqueur called uh, Kina Lilit. I guess that in the in the 80s they did away with that particular recipe of that and they replaced it with the, something that they call Lilit Blanc. Um, and so this is a um, it they, and they removed the quinine in that case and I guess it makes it less of a sweet. Uh, liqueur, and they wanted to make something that was a little bit more palatable to a wider audience. Um, and so um, now the reason that I chose it, and it's because I wanted to try out the Lilit Blanc because I thought maybe it would be a flavor that I liked a little bit better than vermouth. And it turns out it is. And I do. Uh, it, it's a very <laughs> orange, uh, mild. I would describe this as being like um, like a dessert wine. I mean, that's kind of how they they label it. It's a French aperitif wine. Um, and, uh, it is a very citrusy, light flavor. It's not overly sweet, so it's not super desserty, but, um, uh, but it is a little bit brighter and a little bit, um, less what I would call moody, funky. I guess some people might say savory than vermouth. Um, this is a kind of like a breeder, uh, a breeder, a brighter, sweeter flavor. It's not for 
Or a breeder. It's not for, it's yeah. not for breeding. <laughs> I mean, it, all alcohol can be for breeding, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it has been known has to been happen. has been known to happen. You know? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, and it, it ends up creating a martini that is is quite different than what I'm used to. Um, which is, um, yeah, it takes a little bit of bite off of that, the, the gin vodka, um, and kind of mellows it out very nicely. And it just becomes, but it still feels sophisticated you know what i mean uh and uh uh yeah it's a very light crisp uh cocktail um and of course it you know because it's an ounce and a half of gin and three quarters of an ounce of vodka you know it's packing a punch and um unlike unlike your cocktail which you would like need three of those to equal one of these uh and, and yeah well, I, I think the Lilit Blanc is uh, is an interesting one because I think, you know, like most of us, you, I'm always reticent to buy a new spirit or a liqueur, if, especially if it's only for like one, you know, cocktail. Because mm-hmm. then it's like, well, then what am I going to do with the whole other bottle? And it takes up valuable space in your bar. But with Lilit, it's actually, there's actually quite a few things that you can do with it. And there's some other well-known cocktails that actually utilize Lit Blanc as well. One of them being, I think, the, the Corpse Reviver 2. Yep. Uh, you could probably do a French 75 with uh, Lilith and gin, uh, I would think, uh, in there. Yep. Uh, which I, I, I think that you, you would probably, you know, go to town on that yes, one. Yes, absolutely. Um, you could create this, a lot of spritzes with this, both with club soda or with um, uh, sparkling white wine. It, it This is a very versatile liqueur, for sure. Um, and, uh, and so that's why I'd like to announce that for the next six months, I'm going to be only making Lilith Blanc cocktails <laughs> or, or the next six weeks until you're done with your bottle. Right? <laughs> well, yeah, that too, that too. Uh, <laughs> no, cause I might actually drink the whole, all the whole bottle this week. So that's how good it is. Oh, okay. Well then, all right. So then we're, we're good. We won't have to suffer mm-hmm. for six months. All right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Matthew, I, I think we're coming up around up on the end of the uh, half hour, um, and uh, that those are our two cocktails for the day: the Vesper and the Fernet Sour. So thank you for joining us today. Remember that you can find us on all of the social medias: Mastodon. Uh, do we have a MySpace page, Matthew? Friendster? No, no MySpace. No, no, uh, no Friendster either. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm. Uh, I'll get on that. Orcut? I'll get on that. Orcut? No? No? We're not no, big in no, no, not big in Brazil. Uh, not big in Brazil 20 years ago. Got it. Got it. Uh, but we are on uh, on the on, on Twitter uh, still for some reason. And uh, so find us there and talk to us. Uh, we, we are always happy to talk to people and we will definitely respond. And by we, I mean Matthew. Well, who are we kidding? Yeah. But yeah. But yeah. You know. <laughs> Also on Instagram, so don't don't forget to follow us there at Giant Cocktails on all of the channels. So yeah, you know, give us a follow and uh, interact. We'd love to hear from you. Indeed. Well, Matthew, thank you for joining me again for a lovely set of cocktails. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Ben. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails podcast. Until next time, bottoms up. <laughs>